0: To another episode of Church of the Geek. Sam, how are you doing?
1: I am doing okay. It's uh kind of a dreary day here in Pittsburgh, and I'm feeling a slightly dreary myself as as it is approaching the time of my semi-annual uh cold flu season thing. Mm, mm. So, but we're we're handling things okay. How about you?
0: Yeah, yeah, doing fine. Doing fine. We have a really nice. we've had really nice days and so it's the only reason why I think today seems particularly bleh, because the days have been so great. Yes,
1: up in this the 70s with sunshine and went out last night in shorts and in November you can't complain about that
0: yeah exactly exactly so yeah definitely a uh, an interesting uh, an interesting time. Sam, have you ever had someone who just couldn't stop asking questions about you um i'm trying to think if i if i have i
1: probably
0: start ignoring them fairly quickly because how about this how about the inverse have you ever been in a place where you just you really wanted people to like ask you questions about what's going on or what you're doing or who you are or what makes you cool and special oh yes very much so And they don't ask you, do you? No. It's
1: because I'm usually, you know, on the bus and that I, you know, just doesn't happen like that. You know, like, oh, hey, you're a cool looking guy.
0: I should ask you some questions about yourself. Right? Never happens. You're a very interesting guy. People should ask you questions.
1: Yes. I actually have a shirt that says, I'm very interesting and you should ask me questions about myself. And no one pays attention to it.
0: Huh. You, you literally invite them. I hey, do. Go ahead. Ask me a question. Yeah. It's like the guy who walks down the street with the sign that says free hugs and nobody hugs him. Nobody hugs him. They're all afraid of the free hug guy. Right? Okay, frankly, I'm a little afraid of the, the free hug guy. But ask your questions. Okay. I mean, that's how you find out about people. Exactly. Ask them questions. Have them talk about themselves. You And you often find out something that you don't know. Exactly. Well, we have solicited questions, Sam. We have solicited questions for this episode. We said, go ahead, ask us questions. Anything. We, we threw it open. You, they, we put it out on Twitter, said, go ahead, ask away. And I'm not using the ask us anything or ask me anything, the AMA, because that's Reddit's area. And they get upset if people use AMA in places that are not Reddit.
1: Did you Te- know that? Well, I didn't, I didn't know that. But technically, this is UA. So this wouldn't be A-M-A, it would be A-W-A, so.
0: Which is not this, it's not as, no, it's not as cool.
1: I'm taking it, though.
0: All right. This is, by the way, this is episode 74 of Church of the Geek. Did you know that?
1: It is episode 74, which means we're almost episode episode. Diamond Jubilee
0: is next, next episode. And we got a big plan for that. But not before that. We have to get through this our, one. Awa. It's like Arnold. <laughs> So we threw it out there, and we 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 asked for questions. And actually, maybe the biggest surprise is that people went, "Okay, here's some questions." Yes, and, oh. and
1: some of them are hard. Some of them are hard. Quite. It is not quite calculus level, but they are hard. I'd rather calculus, maybe. And they
0: are all interesting, which is good. Yeah, they really are. Especially the last question, but we gotta yeah. get through, we gotta start with the first questions mm-hmm. first. So. So you have the
1: questions, and just I have—I have none of the answers. But we will. By the power
0: of Twitter, I have the questions.
1: Are you like all big and bulky now?
0: I am awesome. Yeah, yeah. My microphone turned into a big sword, so it's now my micro sword. Micro? No, that's not. That would be a very tiny sword.
1: That'd be a very tiny sword. That would not be impressive or anything.
0: No. At any rate. Okay. So first question up. Our friend Ryan at Savage Care Bear One uh, on Twitter, um, our uh, our D&D partner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He submitted two questions, sort of flip sides of the same coin. What comic book villain do you sympathize with the most and why? And what hero do you find yourself indifferent to and why?
1: Hmm. Do you want me to take the lead on this? Yeah, go ahead with this one. All right. You start. I think for villain that I sympathize or empathize the most with, I would say Magneto. One, because I'm big into the X-Men and it's always been the comic I've been most interested in and read the most. And Magneto has been the villain that has been with the X-Men line since day one. And it's been interesting to, to see that as his character has developed as the X-Men have developed, how he's changed and grown and moved from being a supervillain to even leading the new mutants and now a bit of a partner. And I empathize with him in that he's a very complex character and you can easily see why he wants to do the evil things that he wants to do because he's had a great evil done to him and you can empathize with his you can empathize with his with his pain and the things that he's that he's dealt with the loss of his wife um the nazi con- concentration camps and even if and not condone you know what he does to trying to avenge these wrongs, but you can see where he's coming from and you can see how that's shaped him as a person. Um, And so I think as a, as a character, he's probably the one I probably would empathize with the most. How about you?
0: Magneto is on my list for precisely the reasons you gave. Yeah. He is, his pain is, I mean, he's a mutant, but his pain is very human. Mm -hmm. His, his motivations are very human. He wants he wants those wrongs righted and while ultimately believe his aims were misguided we can understand mm-hmm. definitely but I so I do have magneto on there and in much the same way I think um, Dr Victor freeze mm-hmm. uh, from Batman right I mean he's not a he is not a uh, bad guy because he wants to think of the world he is doing the things he needs to do because his wife is in danger, right? Mm-hmm. It, and so everything wraps around sort of the notion that all that he does is to revive his wife.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, it's a it's a little more of a... It does get a little more complicated, but I think those, the, those are the kind of villains that you sit back, or I sit back and go, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the folks who embody the other primal responses right like so scarecrow and and fear
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, the insanity of joker or in a sense two-faced with the the everything is up to the flip of a coin everything's up to fate like what is fate going to decide for you right mm-hmm. those are great villains but i don't necessarily feel sympathetic for them yeah right magneto dr freeze I, and in a sense i even think um well, he tends to typically run on the psychopathic side of things a little. Wilson Fisk, kingpin, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. that was a yeah. <laughs> a t- like, everything he was doing was trying to bring back his uh, wife and son. Yeah, and it, I can feel that.
1: Yeah, and and in in the the Daredevil series on on Netflix too, you can see him mm-hmm. as kind of an empathetic character and regarding how he is so mean and brutal because he has been brutalized and this is his way of coping. So I think, yeah, kind of a general thing, maybe not so much with Wilson Fisk as as Kingpin, but with uh, Victor Freeze and Magneto, you could see these are people that are doing wrong things, but for the right reasons. And I think that's a pull that we feel in our our human nature to... uh, to sometimes fall into that trap as well or wonder what the right thing is is to do. So how about um good guys that you don't really identify with or kind of yes. over.
0: So not counting the MCU, right? But mm-hmm. in this case, I always wondered what in the world is Clint Barton doing with the Avengers. <laughs> I mean, and I could also add in Green Arrow from DC. Mm-hmm. Okay, Arrow guys, good for you. Which, strangely enough, doesn't um, doesn't move down to Kate Bishop, the new Hawkeye, right, the new Hawkeye. Like I had the complete run of uh, West Coast Avengers at one point, and I just went, "What in the? How terrible!" I don't well, know. Well, and and Hawkeye, Hawkeye has the worst costume. <laughs> he did have a terrible costume. It really was not good. I dig the newer, I dig the newer, like the Matt Fraction, uh, uh Hawkeye, mm-hmm. uh, that, that series that I liked his costume there, but, and he's okay in the, in the MCU. Yeah. He's got thing. But before that, the whole purple, uh, with the weird mask eyes and hood and, but yeah, that for me, I just, uh, never just never connected. You got all these people in spandex running around with superpowers and uh, okay you're gonna shoot the arrows yeah <laughs> i just hmm. I, although i i really do dig him uh especially when we had age of ultron yeah in the mcu and we saw the human side of him and yeah. that he was in there in a sense to be the human face for these godlike creatures mm-hmm. that was that was a good storyline but they never did anything like that in the in the comic, so yeah, at least
1: early on. Yeah, I mean, at least he's the prime example of you do what you're good at, and if you're good at shooting arrows, then darn it, you shoot arrows.
0: When the only tool you got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yep. All right. How about you? What, what's your hero? I will probably get a lot of flack for this, but I'm going to say Batman. Oh, all right, we're it's done. His... I cannot talk to you anymore. I,
1: it's I. It's just. I'm kind of, t- and I say this, there are iterations of Batman that I am very fond of and I really enjoy like Frank Miller and uh, different series that have, you know, been really fantastic in shaping who Batman is. But it's just so tiring with all of the, the he's, he's much less of a, de- a detective now then he really is a rich guy with lots of money to spend and great technology. He's like a dark iron man.
0: So my friend, let me tell you. So this is exactly the point where we end up uh, in Batman 100 in the aftermath of the Joker Wars. All of Bruce Wayne's money has been taken away from him. He does not have control of Wayne Enterprises. We're sitting here on the edge of this new existence for Batman. He's not in Wayne Manor anymore. He doesn't have a Batcave. Doesn't have the Batcomputer. Doesn't have anything. His whole identity as Batman has been changed by this Joker War because Joker took everything.
1: I will. So bet, I'm going to tell you, but I will bet you dollars to donuts that by
0: the end of next year you will have it all back. That's probably true. But <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny because I, I, I will tell you that the that my other character I had, the other hero. Well, I had a couple here. Superman was high on my list. Yeah. You're nearly invulnerable. Yeah, great. You know, the only the only way to draw drama is to make you make choices. Do you save Lois Lane or the children, the bus full of children who are ready to go off the cliff? Right. And somehow he manages to do both. So, you know, it's, ne- it's never a choice that has any real consequences.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he figures out a way to do both. Well, all right, whatever. I also had Gambit. I don't know why people love Gambit. And maybe eh. you can tell me as an ex guy. Yeah.
1: I think because he I think a lot of it comes from the animated series because he was kind of the cool, suave guy. Yeah. Who I mean that's why
0: that's why hey. I saw yeah. him first and I just wow. Ah.
1: Hey, if you could sneak around as a thief in those big metal boots of his <laughs> you have to give him props for that. <laughs> okay. Gambit's not, Gambit's not like a huge... Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's not a huge hero. I mean, he's he's kind yeah. of on the level of Hawkeye, I think, in terms yeah. of... Ooh,
0: throwing cards. Ooh, ooh. throwing cards. Ooh, you're... It. And then there's the... And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Anything else? No, I could go on, but I will yeah. probably get flamed, so we'll just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Hey, just hey, We disagree. the questions.
1: It's the 74th episode. We disagreed on something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Batman is my guy. I know. It's oh. Batman. Batman and I remember because they really, you are correct. They are the same character. Yeah. You know. It's, I'm, especially now. Yeah. Although I am, I am, I, I am interested to see what they might do with all of this. How things might change for Bruce Wayne? Yeah, and, I mean,
1: and I'm not nearly as involved in the DCU. Um, than I, I kind of knew about the Joker of War story, but I wasn't following yeah, it at sure. all. And no, mean, it's not, it wasn't was a big. It wasn't big.
0: Yeah, it was in it was in Batman, but okay, yeah, all right, all right. Next question comes from uh, Jesse Kuhn and at Pastor Jesse C K on Twitter. He has two questions. What's a work of science fiction slash fantasy slash comic slash geekdom that inspires you to feel hopeful? Can I start with this one? Yes, because since March, three times now, I have watched the Lord of the Rings through. Oh wow, the whole yeah from beginning to end. From beginning. To end. In fact, uh, right before Halloween, uh, the week before Halloween, as I was uh, carving pumpkins, I watched the entire thing in one day. All three. Oh my gosh, that's impressive. Well, I was sitting there carving away, you know. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, had it on, had my headphones on.
1: Now, were they the extended versions or the they theatrical? Yep. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh.
0: I own both the extended and the theatrical releases. Whew. My um, hats but, off to you, sir. But these ones were uh, these were the uh, this was uh, on HBO Max. Oh yeah, and they just added they just added the Hobbit too, which I just started that one mm-hmm. again. So. That so, Lord of the Rings. That's top of my list. I mean, that should not be a surprise to anybody. It's it's full of Christian symbolism. It's full of fantastic speeches. Theoden at the at the battle before uh, in Return of the King, just stellar speech there. Like all of those, uh, you know, it's like the story of old, Mister Frodo. Ugh, mm-hmm. Just great things, and it's not the it's not the obvious things that that bring about the the hope it's the small uncertain things that make the change that's something i can get behind
1: there you go yep what about you um this one for me was fairly easy because i we had just talked about it but star trek has really Mm. um been a source of some hope for me and i really appreciate the fact that it um, I mean, basically everything I said in the last episode, which you can go back and listen to, but in terms of, uh, and even after that episode, I actually decided to kind of sit down and write something because it did get me thinking a lot of just about how important it is for us to um, find who we are and be who we are. And that notion of being the Federation uh, as being something that is not easily spelled out, and not just a matter of following rules and guidelines and so on. Even though that's kind of the core of it, but being the Federation is something that is so much larger than that. And I think that kind of you know in, inspired me a bit in terms of having that idea that something something larger than your than yourself is going on in the world, um, especially when a lot of sci a lot of sci-fi and kind of modern um, is very self-focused yep. and kind of it intent on things that matter to the person or maybe, you know, it, it mattered in the large scheme of things, but uh, <coughs> don't always affect you as a person. And I, I think that's something that that Star Trek does really well.
0: Yeah. No, Star Trek was, was on my list was yeah. thinking about that too.
1: Yeah. I think but that, I,
0: I, had, I had to go.
1: Yeah. I think that what the one thing in Star Trek I really appreciate is that these are basically all normal people and they're in, incredibly smart and intelligent and have different skills and so on, but they are all basically normal people and they're doing amazing things and put in remarkable situations. And I think that, you know, gives me some hope for the world that, you know, we as normal people can do the same.
0: I also had The Matrix sort of on my list because I just finished watching yeah. that series. Okay. Too. Those three movies. That's interesting. That was a really... I hadn't watched it in a really long time. It was, it was my it was my first watch through it since I had seen them originally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Particularly all three. Like I'd seen The Matrix several times, but the the whole thing at the end in Matrix Revolutions just um, was a very... I was surprised at how hopeful it made me. Hmm. I'd have to but read... But it one. wasn't wasn't quite the, wasn't quite the return to quite, it didn't turn, didn't rise quite to the level of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. What are you saying? You said you got to, you're going to go look at it now.
1: Yeah. I would have to look at it again. It's, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, I never got a sense of necessarily hope f- through there, but I could, I could see maybe how that could go.
0: It's a major, it's a major theme, uh, that pops up in revolution or, uh, reloaded in revolutions. Yeah. The, uh, the machines are bearing down on Zion. Right. Neo wants to go do his stuff and everybody, the constant refrain is where's the hope. Hmm. And so it was good. Yeah. And then Jesse also asks, what's a comic or graphic novel that you love for its explicit or implicit theological overtones? I'll let you go.
2: Hmm.
1: I was going to say Hugo Cause I'm, I, I'm still kind of okay. thinking about that one. Um, maybe by the time you've kind of put yours out there, I had process mine a bit. So, yeah I
2: think read the, read first the question one.
0: again sure what's a comic or graphic novel mm-hmm. that you love for its explicit or implicit theological overtones hmm okay okay so you think about it and I'll tell you because I had a few here okay but this one is this one is one that I love not just for the theological overtones but they're pretty awesome Kingdom come that one is that might be the first one that I read that blew me away because of the, the theological overtones within it. Mm-hmm. It starts off. Have you read it?
1: Oh yeah. And it's, yeah. Okay. It's, it's one of those things that was so obvious. It wasn't even on my radar, <laughs> but yeah, it's the theological overtones are not even subtle in there. It's a, it's a main point of the, of the, the story.
0: Now. And it's, and another reason I love it is the art yes. Alex Ross. It's, it, it converted me to Alex Ross, which it's not like that he needed that one. I mean, you look at Marvels or anything, but that was the first thing that I read that, that I really read of his work. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible not to see that. And oh, go, oh, definitely. Wow, yeah. It's so good. And it treats it well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, the whole thing starts off with an image of a nearly empty church, a preacher in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Just sort of... Going through the motions of a sermon. And there's another one. It's another one dealing with hope, right? But then you know the 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 new crop of of uh, super folk are you know Gog and Magog and I pulled right out of right out of the um, sort of the biblical yeah apocalyptic sort of notion here. So
1: and the use of of scripture and and prophecy mm-hmm. as this kind of drum that is just beating you towards a very bad end.
0: And I, I'm see I seem to recall that he, uh, Alex, uh, or, uh, Mark, is it Mark Wade? It didn't Mark. Didn't Mark yeah. Wade, yeah. He, wo- he wrote that. Yeah. He wrote so that. So now I'm trying to remember one of uh, either one of either, uh, Mark Wade or Alex Ross's father was, that was a minister. Oh, Maybe and yeah, yeah. That's maybe Mark. it was Alex Ross's because then it, he he painted it like his dad. Uh, okay, that makes. Sense. I think that's. I think that's in my brain. I got. I, I, sorry, <laughs> that's yeah. a tidbit that got dislodged there. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. But there's a story about someone. One of their is as is a dad, or mm-hmm. dad was a pastor. That was it. So, anything come to mind for you yet?
1: Um, I mean, one thing that came that came to mind was uh, there was a a real interesting X-Men series, um, came out in the eighties called God loves man kills yes. from Chris Claremont. I thought that um, was what
0: you would jump on right away. Yeah.
1: I had to kind of pull that from my brain. Cause I was, that was kind of, that was way back, but yeah, that's a really interesting one, uh, dealing in dealing with, um, Issues a, a lot of really interesting issues, you know, dealing with theology and oppression and uh, just kind of the nature of evil. I think is a lot mm-hmm. of interesting stuff in there. Um, I think that the Hellboy uh, mm. material has a lot of really good. I mean, because it's obvious, it's based in a in a real interesting and rich uh, theological, cultural, mythological world and uh the inter- interactions of things uh ar- ar- around that are really good and especially um graphic novel hell uh hellboy in hell where hellboy actually does go to hell and the the different characters and just how hell is drawn and written um it re- really reminds me of c.s lewis and uh mm. in uh the great divorce, different, yeah, different aspects of that. Just really, you know, are all run a lot through there.
0: But either one of those are are great to pick up. Yeah, I had a couple like because we had conversations with Mark Russell. Mm-hmm. Second Coming is still on there because I, I I really appreciate what he's doing with the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I disagree with him on on some finer points, but definitely is that we had a conversation with Elizabeth Cootie. Um, and she mentioned Punk Rock Jesus, which also, while I disagree with where the, where, the, where the author is going, it does raise some really great theological content, particularly around uh, believers' uh, behavior. And I think it was uh, published by Boom. Uh, there is a uh, comic called Judas, four issues, uh, and it's after Judas commits suicide, goes to hell. And finds Jesus there. And so there's this whole interaction between he and Jesus in hell. Mm-hmm. Again, things I might I might quibble with. Um, but it was a fascinating, fascinating story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and the um, recent uh, American Jesus, volume one and volume two. Okay. Three issues in each of those volumes by Mark Millar. Mm-hmm. Uh, also had some really good, um, it's sort of Jesus is returning, but. In much the same way as the first time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, so it's done in very Mark Millar uh, style, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's a little bit violent, uh, yeah. but um, not nearly as not nearly as violent as other stuff. But those are some honorable mentions, I'd say. I throw in there for mm-hmm. but but Kingdom Come. I mean, the title alone. I mean. Yeah, it's right out of Lord's prayer. Come and,
1: on, and and the artwork is fantastic. And I would definitely throw um, "God Loves Man Kills" in there if you're um, anywhere in the the X Men universe and haven't
0: read that yet. It's on my it's on my list. I got to read it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's a classic.
1: I think I think that won an award, like an Eisner Award. I'm mm. going to say I could be wrong, but I think it, I think it did.
0: I think that I think comics are really fertile ground for some of this Mm -hmm. that other geekness doesn't doesn't have and i don't know why maybe that maybe that's just i just find that this or maybe it's just that i find it there more often Mm -hmm. because you know you move into things like uh science fiction and so many of those authors are writing from an atheistic standpoint, mm-hmm. which is fine. Although I find Ben Bover to be a little overbearing. Sometimes um, I, we get it, Ben, you're an atheist. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, it's just, it's always there. Although, although um, as we've having read uh, parable of the sower and parable of talents,
2: mm-hmm.
0: there's some real great theological topics in there as well. So right. forget it. Scratch. It. I'm, 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 I'm recanting. <laughs> On that, I'm just gonna shut up. We know there's lots of good theological stuff in fantasy, Lord of the Rings,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: um, all right, cool. What's up? All right, next one, Bill Chamberlain, Pastor Lutheran, another Lutheran pastor uh, at uh, at C H M B R. Just <laughs> his Twitter handle is great, C H M B R L I N B. So uh, it's Chamberlain, Chamberlain Bill. Bill. But it's Chamberlain B, but take all the vowels out, except for the last I in Chamberlain. So anyway, (laughs) Bill?
1: If you can pronounce that, hit us up.
0: Chamberlain. uh, Chumble Wumbo. (laughs) Chumble. He gets knocked down, but he gets up again. He gets up again. All right, Pantheons. Most original, quote, original, end quote. Most creative favorite. Are pantheons still utilized or are, quote, gods, end quote, becoming less of a role in fantasy slash sci-fi?
2: Mm.
1: I think it, as I was thinking about this, I had, I had I puzzled about it for a while because I was thinking about how, how are you defining a pantheon? Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of thought the um, Eternals to me are a really interesting pantheon. Um,
0: that is that the, is that Kirby? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of Kirby's take on these, uh, humans who were, uh, basically kind of monkeying around with (laughs) the, uh, well, it, I guess they're not, they're not the, the Eternals are not the ones who were monkeying around with, uh, human DNA. If I remember the story correctly, it's that there were, uh, Celestials who were monkeying around with human DNA, But Mm -hmm. that um, they created the um, Eternals who uh, their names uh, mirror uh, Greek gods like Icarus and Mercury and Athena and Greek Roman gods. Someone's going to correct me on that, I'm sure. But um, they make an interesting pantheon in that. You know they f- they function as gods, and in the universe that they dwell in, they were the basis for those gods. It wasn't that they just are are named in similar ways to these characters because they're like them. It's that these were the the gods that the the Greeks worship and wrote their wrote their story around, and they have a, an interesting way of telling their own story and how their presence shaped our own history. So I think, and it's, it's interesting in that they could have, I think taken it in a very literal run in terms of like, Oh, these are just analogs for Greek gods, but he, Jack Kirby fed in um, the whole idea of ancient aliens and uh, outside forces pushing the, the buttons on life on earth and uh, play with it that way to make it a, a really interesting and I think unique pantheon. How about you?
2: Mm.
0: My favorite and the one that I have found most interesting, not out of sort of the classic sense of a pantheon, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was the image title, The Wicked and the Divine. Mm, okay. Uh, are you familiar with that one? Slightly.
1: Yeah. I've seen it. I haven't read it, but yeah, I've seen it.
0: I've, I've, I've read, uh, I've not read all of it. It it came to a conclusion uh, in 2019. So 51 issues, it's, you know, it's been collected into um, stuff, but I love the tagline because it's like, just because you're immortal doesn't mean you live forever. The, there's a group of 12 people that are reincarnated deities. Every 90 years, they get reincarnated. It's called the recurrence. And they, Typically, have when they get reincarnated, they sort of have these meteoric rises to power or fame or, or such, and um, they have yeah you know, they get reincarnated into into bodies of any gender. You get Lucifer, mm-hmm. who shows up a, a lot, but then um, Minerva, Baal, Dionysus, Set, Woden, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you get you get those gods and gods and sometimes they have different names they have these like councils you know and they, they figure things out and then you know they die <laughs> um, so it's really clever um, and and here is a reason why you need to have your own sort of friendly local comic shop because I never would have picked it up except I talking to uh, my friend Wayne actually we had him on the show when we talked about Stanley. Hmm. Um. Wayne and I were talking one day, and he goes, "Brian, you should really read The Wicked and the Divine." And he pointed it to me, and I started reading. He is not wrong. I love it. It's it's great. It's um, a lot of sort of pop, um, like pop music that's in in the influences it, and it's it's pretty great. So mm-hmm. Big, big, big fan. Interesting. But I haven't I haven't finished the series, so that's there.
1: Is it a new series or is it just 2014 to 2019? Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: That's kind of a long so, series. 50 issues. I mean, yeah. I mean, it had a good run. Mm-hmm. It had a good run. And that, I mean, if, you know, for an image run, I think that's especially good. Mm-hmm. What about what about Bill's question? Are Pantheons still utilized or are gods becoming less of a role in fantasy slash sci-fi?
1: I think that I think that gods are still utilized in those those things but i think that they don't take on the traditional pictures of gods i think pantheons often now are technological or um or alien in some way that there there's something that is natural but so far above what we understand i'm kind of thinking of Going back to like House of X and Powers of Ten. I mean, with the with the phalanx becoming this, you know, near near godlike power. And but they're not like we'd call them like within a pantheon or anything like that. I don't know. What do you think? I
0: do feel like there is less of that. Or right when we get to the MCU, they do the whole thing about Thor. And the uh the Norse gods being just sort of an advanced
1: They're alien yeah.
0: You know, really advanced aliens. When I think everybody, I think everybody, for the most part, turns to what is it the Arthur Clark rule that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic? Yes. And I think that's where everybody just that's sort of the axiomatic view when we start talking about gods who are engaged in the world
2: mm-hmm.
0: right um that i think that's really important because when we start bringing in gods particularly within like say fantasy because i think that's the place where they most often happen
2: because
0: mm-hmm. you can do sci-fi and you don't ever have to deal with it right nobody mm-hmm. even expects it but within fantasy gods do seem to be play a, a bigger part but you don't want it to you don't want to run into the deus ex machina scenarios. We're now, Mm -hmm. Oh, they're in trouble. Well, you better, Oh, here's the God. Right. And they're, and they're going to pull their fat out of the fire. Mm -hmm.
1: So I I, pull their, pull their fat out of the fire. Yeah. Okay. I've always thought it was feet out of the fire.
0: You don't want your fat in the fire. It's going to melt. It's going to, it's going to be nasty. Maybe a fat fee. Have you watched Hobbit? Have you seen Hobbits? I have seen Hobbits. They have fat feet. So I think I think there's there is something there, although I will say um, when you get into here and just a a little bit, a little bit off of uh, a different road of fantasy, you get into uh, role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. The gods are important and you do have to sort of figure that out. Even someone who's not having a divine who doesn't have necessarily a divine class like a cleric or a paladin Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, can easily be an adherent to a god. For lots of reasons, particularly because the gods are there and are real, you know they they um, mm-hmm. they exist.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit because I think as we're talking about this, one of the things that I think about a, a pantheon of gods mm-hmm. in thinking about gods not as not in like a th- theological sense or in the sense of a character that acts like a god that has, you know, godlike power but a a character or a force or something that if i if i think about it as a a character or a force that is beyond comprehension and exists in some way beyond our ability to to comprehend not only what it is but what its sense of right and wrong is like it just exists on a completely different plane
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think especially like the, uh, the technarchy and the, the phalanx in, uh, Hickman's house of X and powers of 10. Cause it's like, these, these are, are beings that, um, will devour entire worlds just for the fun of it. <laughs> mm. Mm. And that that's, I, I still remember this one little, you know, scene in, uh, powers of 10 where. Uh, the, the humans have created this, uh, world mind. They've, they've used all of their technology and their power to basically make us a, a, a sentient planet and send it out through the solar system in hopes of, uh, contact the phalanx and the phalanx find it. And they come back and say, we ate your world mind. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, <laughs> it is, it's just, they're, they're Im- implacable and there's no understanding you know, why, who they are, what they, what they're capable of. And even just the notion too, you know, of that there are, um, beings that are more powerful than the phalanx and that they have acquired so much knowledge that they become black holes based Mm. on, because they're the, the gravity of the knowledge and wisdom that they have accumulated over time has made them collapse upon themselves into, a, a black hole civilization basically, which it's, yeah. I mean, rap, rap, th- that's the definition of me as like how in the world that's beyond my understanding. That's totally beyond
0: my comprehension. Good. So the last one is uh, a David Lewis, um, our friend, our, uh, writer of, uh, Kismet, man of faith. Mm hmm. I had him on a few episodes ago. But he says, what mainstream comics title has handled religion in the most uninformed or insulting manner?
1: And I remember reading that before and had to kind of rack my brain around it. And I want to say that Marvel's... uh, Marvel's take on Judaism has not always been the best. Mm. Um, It's done it really well at times. Um, They've had main characters uh, you know uh, magneto obviously uh kitty pride is uh very uh openly jewish in the in the in the comics and so on uh the thing is jewish there's uh, i there's a list actually I've, i found of uh different jewish characters in in mm-hmm. uh the marvel universe gabrielle holler and and it's it's interesting in that a lot of these Kind of fall into the X Men line, but at the same time, they really can use it as a purely as, as a plot device to kind of move a story along.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think a lot of times they focus on the cultural aspects of Judaism without bringing in the the faith elements of of Judaism. So it kind of treats it superficial, and and I think you know when I when I was thinking about you know when is, has it handled it badly, I was thinking primarily of Magneto because he wasn't Jewish, then he was Jewish, then he wasn't Jewish anymore, then he is Jewish, and they've kind of used his his uh, his culture and his his religion as a plot device too much mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it becomes to a means to win end rather than, you know, when I think when they've used it as a way to show who he is and why he's doing what he's doing, I think that's fan- It's, it's fantastic. But when it turns into just something that we, you know, how, how does this, the the story that we're writing doesn't need him to be Jewish. So he's not Jewish. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's been a a thing for me, and I, I think in, I think in general I think they they and I I'd have to really do a, a deep dive to kind of check myself on this in uh, in the X universe, but I think they've they've they tend to focus a lot on the cultural aspects of Judaism and think that that's about that's like it, and you know, thing has a Jewish wedding and he wears a yarmulke and. Kitty celebrates Hanukkah, and I'm not sure how how well that you know really encapsulates what Judaism is, or is it just like the uh, a picture that we're, we're painting because that's where where we want it to go,
2: right? Right.
0: Yeah. I
1: think in the past it was it, there's so many analogs in in the X-Men for uh, Jews and and Judaism. I think there's and there's been quite a lot written about it but i think at the same time it doesn't always depending on the writer treat 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 it very fairly
0: i i don't really yeah i don't know that i have a really good answer for this one
1: yeah this was the tough one
0: yeah this this was and it's a great one and i could probably turn this in the whole episode but i do believe you're probably right in going to judaism or we could say islam mm-hmm. that those are likely to be the ones that get, uh, or, or Hindu that get mis- misrepresented most easily, mm-hmm. because it's hey I read a thing and I think this is what happens in that religion, right? Um, it could be a it could be a problem.
1: I think too. Come to think of it, this is another thing. I just it just occurred to me. I don't think comics handle Eastern religion very well. Like uh, it's it's basically magic. That allows you to punch things really you know quickly and jump and do you know, like kung fu is like magic <laughs> basically, and it does it treats you know Confucianism taoism uh those elements of uh eastern Eastern faith and Eastern tradition as kind of a means to punch people or in or is more like a mystical magical thing,
0: yeah, iron fist.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go into Iron Fist.
0: Yeah, he was on my list of heroes I don't really give a crap about.
1: They did too many favors.
0: No. I will say, we talked about this a little bit when uh, David uh, was on with us, but in th- uh, when Jane Foster was Thor mhm- and and dealing with uh chemo mm-hmm. and cancer and she'd be undergoing chemo but then she as she became whenever she would uh transform into thor the 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 chemo would stop working uh and it would push her into it made it worse every time she became sort of the god mm-hmm. right and and so for me there was one moment where it was it was literally sort of the turning into the into the supernatural being that's an advanced technological race but you know what i mean um that would be the problem right it's mm-hmm. the it's the divine presence that is the problem so i don't want to say that that's the it's insulting i just I mean, obviously, to me, I believe that's the—that's not the direction I would want to go
2: with mm-hmm. that.
0: But I do think using, in the same way that we don't want to use um, ethnic groups as sort of costume, you know, ethnic heritages as costumes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: use, I think, that notion of using someone's um, faith uh, tradition as a plot uh, point is a little. A plot device is a little more, is also rough.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not a great, it's not a great way to go. Yeah. If
1: it just becomes something that's part of their ensemble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like something they just kind of pull out of their utility belt. You know, here's my Batarang. Here's my Jewishness. Here's
0: my (laughs) smoke bomb. No. (laughs) So yes, that's not, that's yes. uh, My, uh, I'm going to pull out my my uh super religious uh rosary beads right. and uh wrap them up. No, here's I don't know if you want to call these mainstream, because a David Lewis wants to talk about mainstream comics title. But a year ago, that I find this the most insulting. Chick tracks, man. We're <laughs> not I mean, oh yeah. Hmm. So, I think you
1: could it, say they're mainstream.
0: I don't. I still don't know if you can call them mainstream.
1: I don't. Well, I mean, I think they're they're mainstream in terms of that they're they're a part of popular culture. I'm not sure if they are. Are they even still made? I know they're still yes, sold. they are. Yes, yeah, they, right. are. they are still selling them, but so yep. they're a contemporary. It's crazy. So, <laughs> got to save the world from the Catholics somehow. <laughs> got to watch out for that death cookie, man. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, you're taking me down a bad road with the Chick Charlie. Sorry. Man.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Which, by the way, you know, I told you this two weeks ago. That Chick Track episode. More people listen to that than any other episode on our on our podcast. Yes, we, we went back a year to find that episode.
1: That was quite surprising, and I think as as proof that you, you know, dear listener, can go back over. 73 different episodes of Church of the Geek and and listen to them because of the magic of the wonderful technology that we have that we don't understand.
0: It's like a god.
1: It is like a god. The what a pantheon that falls into. A very sad oh you know pantheon. what oh here's a
0: here's oh think, i'm sorry I'm gonna go back to pantheon since you mentioned that because now because american gods uh-huh by neil gaiman yeah i was surprised you didn't mention that i it just it, it i my brain was i had wicked and the divine on my brain but american gods that's a that would be another good yeah uh, and that's a, that's really sort of fantasy yeah uh definitely
1: and Sandman too. I mean when you mentioned mm-hmm. Neil no. Neil Gaiman, that just ticked that and that's totally mm-hmm. yeah. Um Dream and Death and all the different kind of characters and that in interesting cosmology are really interesting.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I guess there, are, yeah, I guess they I guess those are a pantheon.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's you know, dream delirium, uh yeah. And Desire Desire
0: Destruction. Mm-hmm. Death
1: can't pull them off off of my head. I can't either, but I can. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got the big, the big ones.
0: Yep. You did. Yep. Got yeah. Got one I'll, more. I'll start with
1: the, huh? Got one more. No, I, no, can't do it. Oh, so. come on. Am I, am I, do you have it? Well, it was, what was the one that you said, uh, from our friend, Will?
0: Oh, you mean questions? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant I, one more, uh, from the, from the, the, um, Sandman. Oh, patho. sorry. No, no. I'm <laughs> like, no, I can't pull it off the top of my head. I <laughs> no. no, Come on. There's one more. I'm like, okay, who like, no, I, I'm not gonna tell you. I'm like, oh, no. okay. All I, right. to, I, 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 yes.
1: I swerved off the freeway there. kind of quickly. Sorry.
0: Okay. Our friend, Will Rose, will the thrill from Chapel Hill. Uh, he texted me this one, so I uh, can't remember his uh, Twitter handle, but it's like Will Rose, Will N, at Will Enrose. Rose. But um, what color? Keller. Did you hear that one? <laughs> I did hear that. I, oh, what hey Keller's. Friends. Oh, that's, boy. that's Pittsburgh right there. That's I'm Pittsburgh right there. Yep. <laughs> Keller. What, what color? color is your lightsaber? What color would and your that. lightsaber be? <laughs> and then. <that. laughs> <laughs> what color your lightsaber be in at? Uh what color what color would your lightsaber be?
1: Mine would probably be a really nice blue. Mm. Blue lightsabers? Yeah, I like blue. Yeah. I've blue's always been my favorite color.
0: Defend, want to seek to defend the Jedi order. Yeah, From outside malevolence is that it, huh?
1: Uh, that's my that's my thing. I just and it's a it's a nice yeah. it's a calming color. Uh, has a nice you can you know read by it. <laughs> uh, doesn't make you look too you know the the, the green lightsabers kind of wash wash you out. The blue ones kind of have a nice yeah. nice tinge to you.
0: Yeah, well, I gotta tell you uh i believe i'm a green any any particular affinity for the for the green it's just connection to the living force you know the the life force that surrounds us all mhm i want to find peace i want to find harmony i want to find uh life all around us
2: mhm
0: you know i want to I, um, plus i like being outside i like uh uh, nature,
2: mm-hmm.
0: green is very calming, you know, to be out in the midst of a lot of beautiful uh, forest leaves or lush green meadows,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, being filmed in New Zealand, so much beautiful green down there, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's, plus to make it easier for me to become a force ghost at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, know. So right along the lines with uh, Yoda and Qui-Gon. Mm hmm. So you're just you just voop right in there. Yep.
1: Don't have to toss anybody down a. A shaft
0: or mm-hmm. anything like that. Exactly. And then the last question Will said was, who is your favorite geek named Will? Ah, oh, Will. And then he says in a note, it better not be Will Wheaton. Too late. I, uh, I have to think now. Um, mm-hmm. I got. Uh, you take away Will Wheaton. I don't know of any other. Reports. I know. I'm.
1: I'm trying to. Um, I mean, Will Eisner, but that's not like real. Will Eisner. That's another good
0: one. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, I'm trying to it's think of still... like. Our whole graphic novel thing, yeah, you know? yeah. I wondered if Will Ferrell is a geek. I bet he is. Huh? So,
1: is is George Will a geek? Probably not.
0: He's a he is definitely a baseball nerd.
2: Okay, well, he's he's that kind know. of yeah,
0: yeah. So, I don't know. I Got to leave that one up in the air. I don't. Uh, uh, any...
1: I wasn't prepared.
0: No favorite geek named Will. Hmm. All oh, right.
1: Will Smith. What? How did I not think of Will, Will Smith? Will
0: Smith. Yes.
1: Men in Black. I mean, go oh, I am good legend. Grief. I am legend.
0: Yep. Um, I just uh, I just had uh, to. Deadshot. What, what's what, oh, wait, what's yeah. his name? Is it Deadshot? Deadshot. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Will Smith. Oh. Um, Hancock. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, Hancock. yeah. He's well, what was the wasn't he in the uh the weird uh ogre one? Oh, iRobot.
1: I, he was an iRobot. Yes.
0: Uh, there was that bizarre ogre or orc uh Netflix thing. Was oh, Bright. Bright. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Will Smith. The Will, Will Smith. Will Smith is our favorite. Oh, and Independence Day. The, how to
1: forget oh, it's obvious Independence man. Day it could not for yeah
0: can't be can't be anyone else
1: can't be anyone else Will Smith if 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 you take Will Wheaton off the list it's Will Smith it's Will Smith in fact even with
0: Will Wheaton on the list it's close it's close yep good call way to save the day whew nice all right.
1: Whew. Those are a lot of good questions. I, I really appreciate everyone that chimed in. I, I appreciate the fact that a lot of these are, are friends of ours and uh, been been chatting with us, been on the show with us and uh, playing D, D&D with us and stuff like that. And greatly appreciate um, everyone that, you know, take the time to ask us questions uh, because it Makes me feel important. I'll just put it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Ryan, Jesse, Bill, uh, David, and Will. Uh, thanks. Those were really thoughtful questions. They weren't like, "What's your favorite D and D dice?" Uh, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean. So, if you were a cleric, what would your name be? <laughs> <laughs> Gruntarock that, yeah. that's an easy one. That's I an am easy a player. one. So, right. So, uh, everybody, thanks so much. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was really a lot that was of fun. fun. Maybe we'll bring that back in another year. But next episode uh, is our seventy fifth episode. We've somehow managed to bring together seventy five episodes next, uh, which will drop on Black Friday. Oh my, bargain. Church of the Geek episode. Cheap is free. So it will uh it will be out there. It will be uh we we've got some good guests who are gonna be with us. Uh probably the two people who've been on um the next most episodes after Sam and I. So mm-hmm. um we got that 75th Diamond Jubilee episode. It's a big one. Yep. So and we have um I believe in two days, um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, Church of the Geek will be seven years old. Ugh. It will have reached the age of reason, Sam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, does this mean that we're, we're going to be like a- accountable for things now too?
0: <laughs> no. I hope not. I always go. Oh, good. <sighs> so um, the only one who could possibly be held accountable be me because I've been on it for seven years. You haven't been on it for seven years. Right. So yeah, but that's impressive. Yeah. What are you geeking out about? Let's let's not forget that. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Um, wow. I mean, geeking out about, uh, 10 of swords is just this Mm -mm. next big thing that I'm trying to figure out. We're kind of in the middle of it. And it was funny, like right, literally right before this podcast, I was going back and forth on Twitter with, uh, with, uh, Will, um, not Will Smith, Will Rose. Oh, I was just like, well, you, yeah. You, Will Smith. I, I, I was thinking, Will, and I'm like, oh, that guy that we were just talking about. Um, yeah. that, yeah, Will Rose and, uh, Andy Walsh about,
0: um, it's like, what is going on? And I was like, it's something. So it is, it is something I, I picked it up. I, I have been uh, getting all of the issues. It's, it's, it's going to take
1: a few read throughs once I get all this thing. And I think even then I'm going to have to go back even to the, the start of this whole new run that Hickman's done, you know, right after Ho- uh, house of X and powers at 10. Because he's been laying the groundwork for this for some time, but it's it's really telling a big story and changing a lot of uh assumptions and history of
0: the Marvel universe really. Well, good, we'll talk more about that. I think that's definitely we gotta uh once that comes out and we can figure out what in the world is going on because mm-hmm. i the last one I read was issue eleven yeah stasis yeah and i'm like what the
1: exactly there's a lot of
0: i'm like okay they're all like okay we're gonna go and i'm like wait i thought we're still waiting for someone you know so (laughs) and then this whole cosmology with other world and i'm like where'd that come from
1: yeah that's and that's that's it's it's complicated yeah the the whole thing of other world because they he he Andy was asking about that too and like he's really drawing from the Excalibur series as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. if you were into Excalibur, you were really into into Excalibur and <laughs> and if you weren't, you weren't. If were not, you weren't, right? you're were just like I ain't read this like this is like King Arthur and stuff. Right? Like, and Merlin and that's weird. <laughs> Morgan Le Fay, right? Great it's, Britain and Fairies yeah. and I thought Captain this was Britain. I thought this was like, supposed to be about mutants and beating stuff up and it's weird. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 And you? <sighs> I you know, a couple of, uh, a couple months ago, Saturday Night Live had David Byrne on. Yeah. Did you see that?
1: I did not, but it's it's interesting that you bring it up, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, my wife and I watched this, you know, 72 year old guy or whatever, however old he was. Like, I mean, he's, he's old. Right. Um, uh, but out there with this, with this troupe, and they are dancing and they're mm-hmm. singing and it, it, it is by far one of the, one of my most uh, favorite Saturday Night Live musical acts in a very long time. Um, and then I find out that that's actually from the, the costumes and everything. It's, um, American Utopia. Yes. The, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, a Broadway thing that, uh, David did and they filmed it. And it's on HBO max. I think it is on HBO max. I started watching it and dang, I'm going to tell you this. David Byrne is unbelievable genius. Mm -hmm. Just, I am enjoying it so much. So I'm I'm not, I haven't even finished watching it because I've been, uh, I started watching it and then I went, Oh, I need to watch this with my wife.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: So yeah, that kind of, I, I watched
1: uh part of that on, on YouTube. I mean, months ago, I think it, w- it was before the American utopia sort of documentary was, mm. was put out there. Uh, they were, they had bits of uh, the Broadway show online and yeah, it's just something to watch. It's captivating and it's just neat to see. And it kind of, seeing these had this bit of a resurgence and well
0: abrupt... and the the version the uh the filmed uh version on hbo max was done by spike lee right so i think that's a great combo david Byrne yeah. and spike lee just
1: they just they fit well yep yeah so that's
0: what i'm geeking out about right now yeah and it, it... i've been cranking talking heads and david oh Byrne i've been doing that too <laughs> just it's so great so, yeah, I, 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 you
1: may have seen, I put it up on, on Twitter a, few, a while ago. I was like, I am really into David Byrne right now and things could be worse.
0: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see that.
1: I was just for, for whatever reason, I was just like really into David Byrne and talking heads. And I watched that, that thing. And I went through like two or three days where I was just, I had talking heads on heavy rotation and I'm finding all the, the stuff on Spotify that I never listened to. And I'm like, you yeah, know, things could be a whole lot worse than. Mm-hmm. Listening to David Byrne, all day the guy's long. a genius.
0: The guy's a genius. It made me think I want to go back and find uh, "Stop, Stop Making Sense." Oh yes, yeah. Watch that again.
1: Yeah, Big I it that. Yeah, I I did that. Did you? That's neat too to watch that in retrospect of watching um, American Utopia in that the way they just completely demystify the whole experience of putting on a, a concert. Yeah. There's no, they're, they're bringing the stuff out on stage while they're singing. <laughs> it's there's, <laughs> there's no hiding the, the roadies. <laughs> there's no backdrop. Awesome. You see the, the, um, ladders and the whatever stuff's behind them. It's just them on stage. And
0: that's okay. Cause that just them on stage is enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us uh, for uh, episode seventy issue seventy (laughs) four. It is issue seventy four, Brian. Episode seventy four, and we uh, have the holographic
1: cover (laughs) with the trading card.
0: You are killing me. (laughs) (laughs) But please, uh, issue seventy five is the gatefold cover. You are killing me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's actually going to be five different different covers and you put them all together hey, i didn't want to i didn't want to tell you i want to tell
0: you i have a variant by alex ross i commissioned a, a variant cover by alex ross for this uh-huh. uh for issue 70 for episode 75 so i just want to tell you that um, cool yeah no it's not either. but <laughs> um it's a michael scott promise um anyway thank you everybody for listening uh Please uh, connect with us on Twitter at Geek Church or on Facebook, uh, Church of the Geek. Um, You can find our podcasts uh, in uh, lots of places wherever uh, podcasts are found. Um, If you uh, find this to be a very uh, helpful thing for you, if you wanted to drop us a few coins, buy us a coffee, coffee coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash -slash Church of the Geek, all one word. Um, You can... uh, uh, drop a few bucks our way and uh, we have a few uh, thank you gifts for if, uh, if you do that. So everybody um, we're coming up through uh, the holidays uh, they are coming up. And I know sometimes that is a really tough place for everybody, but please take care of yourself. Uh, do what you need to do to have yourself in a good state of mind. Um, don't forget you're loved. So
1: anything else, Sam? Yep. I've, Greatly appreciate everyone again. Remember to uh, uh, share this with your with your friends on your Twitters and your Facebooks and your Instagrams, whatever, uh, whatever way you can get the word out about Church
0: of the Geek. If if you like it, share it. We, yeah, absolutely. If yeah. you can't, yeah, if you can't uh, do the coffee thing, if uh, a like and a share and making us known is uh, just as good. So, we really, would, we really would appreciate it. Like and a review. That would be mm-hmm. fantastic. So, all right, everybody. Um, take care of yourselves. Uh, as always, trust in God. Uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, and Geek be with you. And also with you.
1: <laughs>